Welcome to this week's episode of the Current Gen Podcast. My name's Tim, here with Derek, Dan and Derek, and we were just talking before we started recording about Val Kilmer as the Iceman, and I wanted to start recording because I wanted to capture this too for the show. I went down a little bit of a, a, little bit of a rabbit hole the other night uh, looking up stuff on Val Kilmer because I saw some news piece about some <laughs> movie he was in with his daughter, and I had okay. kind of forgotten like, about Val Kilmer. Like, where is that guy? What's he doing? Sure. Dude went through some crazy throat cancer. Did you know all that? No. Is that why he always like looked like his head was like kind of like? Well, throat like cancer was, was more like recent. Like he was by a bee. Well, no, that w- that had more to do with probably work being done, and his, he had he had weight fluctuation and other okay. health issues. Okay. Um, but the throat cancer thing, I think, was just in the last f- three four years. Um, anyway, huh. he just he can only talk through like one of those throat things now, where it's like, oh, geez. like, and it, they they were interviewing him. And he looks like he's on death's door. He looks awful. He says Jesus. in the interview that he's feeling better, but you can barely understand him. He just, I mean, he's, I think he's like, he's not that old. He's like 60. I think yeah. he's right around 60. That sucks. Um, and he's just looking in rough shape, man. And, and I was, so that took me down the rabbit hole of like, what has he been in? I think, I feel like I like Val Kilmer. So I'm looking back and I see just awesome movie after awesome movie. As you go through the late eighties and through most of the nineties, like he was in some really awesome movies. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of fell off a little bit, and I just he, I thought of him as a direct-to-DVD Wesley Snipes, Steven Seagal type. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and maybe that's unfair, but um, that's just kind of how I how I viewed him. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's resurfaced. Apparently, his health is better, so they're not expecting like he's not on death's door, but he doesn't look good. He looks and sounds very yeah. bad. But that's um, unfortunate. It is, but it does make you appreciate all the good work he did before that. Like it showed him as Iceman. And him and Tom Cruise standing next to each other, you know, and facing off in that locker room. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise only looks slightly older now. And Val yeah. Kilmer looks like a different human being now. It's yeah. absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Because well, Tom Cruise is drinking the blood of all the Scientologists that he sacrifices. Oh, dude, Tom Cruise is so. not human. We know that. <laughs> we know that for sure. You know, he's, you know Scientology is almost kind of like, um, uh, oh, what is it on Parks and Rec? Uh, oh yeah the people who are predicting the zort people (laughs) predicting the end of the world yeah yes the zort people that's Mm -hmm. basically what scientology is and i love that when they're looking for when the we reread the scriptures and we realize it's a different (laughs) date and they're like trying to schedule out when the park's available yeah it's actually on july 6th oh but it looks like we have this other event going on oh i'm sorry hold on no it's actually Um, july 7th 7th yeah he like he like asks her 7th yeah yeah oh my gosh that's the best Uh, it's the best show I think it might be. I think it just might be. Well, hey, listen, I wanted, before Absolutely. we talk about video games and all that stuff, I just had a real good burger last night, and I wanted to find Ooh. out from you guys what your favorite burger joints are. So I'll talk about the oh. one I had yesterday. So think about, and just name one, um, especially if it's one that others can go check out. But um, my favorite place that most folks listening could also go check out, at least right now, has got to be Five Guys. I just, oh, think yeah. they, I just think they make the best burger. So I went and got a bacon oh, cheeseburger, yeah. got it with the works. The only thing I didn't want on it was pickles. I've never been a fan mm. of pickles on burgers. Everything yeah. else, the grilled, on, the grilled onions, the uh, cheese, the bacon, tomato, lettuce, all of it, oh, so good. And, yes. uh, and their fries are also absolutely amazing. So yes. really loving Five Guys. It was packed out when I went to pick up our food yesterday. But 
love me some five guys uh if you guys got a burger right now where would you go what would you get also by uh that's what she said by the way <laughs> just throwing that out there fair enough <laughs> just it has to i mean you talk about five guys innuendo needs to be involved so. it's it's there yeah you got it yeah absolutely um yeah no definitely five guys for sure absolutely um i'm i if i could eat burgers and fries for the rest of my life and not get fat or get sick or anything that's that's what i would eat like that's my favorite food is those two so things good. combined hey so, on I, you're on the east coast do you guys have um have they moved in and out over there yet um if there is, it's not near me. Okay. I, I think there might be one, and maybe I know. Western I know West. that I know that it's starting to spread. Like it was mostly okay. like a, a California, like a whole West Coast thing, and then now it's in Texas. Yeah. They just added one here in Colorado, right, like five minutes from where I live. I haven't gone yet because it's packed out all the time. There's always okay. a huge line. <clears throat> I've heard um, they're good though. I have heard they're good. My problem is that they've been amped up so much. I, I highly doubt it'll live up to the. To so was Five Guys though. But, Dude, Five Guys is still like I, I feel like I'm gonna go get. I, mean, I feel like I'm gonna have In and Out. I'll be like, that was fine, but now I want Five Guys instead. Like, yeah, it's just that much better. Derek, what do you get if you get a burger and fries? Assuming you're allowed to eat that on your diet. Um, <laughs> I'll throw a curveball and say I get it from Domino's. I get the cheeseburger wait, pizza. Wait, what? Oh, the oh, pizza. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. I don't it's actually a order burgers from anywhere. That's why oh, I okay. actually make my own burgers. But um, all right, sorry. can you tell us what you make? How about that? What do you I, make for your own burger? I make a burger patty. Like, do you do you actually no, but what buy kind the of ground meat? Do you, do you pack it? Do you use some kind of yeah. special sauce? Help us out. Oh, I got some special sauce oh, for my meat. Lord. Oh, good lord! Wait, so you put cum on your? <laughs> yeah, aren't, aren't you living by yourself now? That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you put man juice on your burger? I'm the ice man, huh? Um, <laughs> ew, ew. No, I don't make anything special. I just add uh, garlic, salt, and pepper. I like a lot of black pepper. And then I just fry up the meat in a pan because I don't have a, a grill or anything. My dad will do the grill, but I don't have a grill. And then um, I buy potato buns, and then I put cheese on it, and then whatever toppings I want. I'm pretty simple. Usually it's just ketchup and mustard. If I'm feeling a little fat, I'll do mayo. <laughs> But I already feeling know the burger's fat. fattening enough, so I try Be- to stay. Feeling a little fat and sassy. I'm yeah. feeling fat and sassy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very specific about my burgers. I, I absolutely need bacon, mm. and I absolutely need some sort of onion rings or, like, those onion straws. Yeah. Those, yeah. those two things on my burger. Dude, fried onions, yeah. Those are tasty. Yeah. But yeah. if you haven't tried Domino's cheeseburger pizza, it actually is legit good. I just get I get thin crust so I can taste the sauce more, and then I uh, add double meat because I don't put a lot of meat on it. And then it comes with onions and tomatoes, but honestly, I take those off. I'm not a veggie dude. And then the sauce is made out of, I believe, ketchup and mustard. That's what I at least taste. Oh. So it doesn't sound like it would taste good, but it actually tastes like it. So it's cheese. not a standard pizza sauce, huh? No, and then huh. they, they don't use standard cheese either. Like, they have their... I think they use like a mozzarella or whatever, but they also use American cheese. So the cheese, like the mm. the blends of cheeses they use, really taste good with the sauce. So I like it a lot. That, honest, that honestly sounds like something that just stoners would eat. Just <laughs> somebody who's super high would just be like, I need that. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's a true. single man like me. <laughs> I mean, Basically. if you're high, I guess. Yeah. You know, uh, I did not expect Domino's to come back as an answer here, but I will throw Domino's a little bit of props. I feel like at one point, this was probably 10 years ago, maybe, 
they really turned a corner from being an absolute garbage pizza chain where if you just want garbage pizza for super cheap, Domino's is one of those options. But they, I forget when it was, I want to say it was about 10 years ago where they actually were like, we hear you and we're going to make it better. Yeah. And they did that whole yeah, big yeah. marketing campaign around the commercials. And yep, everything. Like we yeah. know that this has not tasted good and we're ready to change. Like, and I, I thought that was great. And that still stuck with me that, that whole yeah. campaign. And I do think that their pizza is pretty solid. I still prefer like a, there's some local pizza places or like a Papa John's, you know, I still prefer that over Domino's, but it is very good. I, very I'm good. more Papa Gino's if I'm doing the chains. I like Papa Gino's more. I don't think I have that around here. I just no? do Domino's because oh, okay. it's close, and okay. the cheeseburger pizza is like the first one I've had that I like really like. All their other stuffs like okay, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's definitely better than what it used to be, but they're pizza, they're cheap. You like know? you can get two yeah. medium pizzas for six dollars. So if you're looking yeah. for something cheap for good. the kids, I do that. I'll just be like, all right, Either that or little that or Little Caesars are what we do for the kids. Yeah, because Little Caesars still has the hot and ready pizzas i think there's like five bucks and they're ready to go it's like well these have been sitting there for a while but it's just for the kids so funny it's that's how i advertise myself online hot and ready especially to sasan that's gonna be that's <laughs> gonna be the name of your book that you finally read <laughs> hot, hot and ready. ready the Derek teague story somehow i managed dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> michael scott all right well listen now that uh now that i'm super hungry again even though it's not time for me to eat um that was a bad idea because now i'm starving but um Let's talk about stuff that we're uh, playing and or watching. I know it's that time of year where there's also lots of binging going on with TV shows. Uh, I'm, of course, watching through The Mandalorian, but I am letting some of those episodes build up a little bit. I watched the first two, I want to say. I might have started the third, but now I'm like, you know, I'm going to let them build up a little bit and then binge through. Uh, I would say you need to actually go through it. Because the last two have been really good, so I've I know watched they're all I know they're six. good, but I know they're they've gotten. I've heard that the episode length is getting shorter again, just like last season. So I don't want to watch thirty minutes and then wait for a week. Yeah, but I'm saying that the last two you need to watch them, especially really? okay. you don't okay. want them to be spoiled at all. Um, they may they've have pretty much been spoiled already. I was gonna say like there's a lot of people just like talking about who are in the show, and it's like that's. I'm not big. We've had conversations about spoilers. We don't need to talk about it again. But like, I'm not a big spoiler person. Like, I yeah, same. I'm fine if something's revealed that, you know, it, to me a lot of times isn't a big deal that people will be like, that's a spoiler. But that to me, the what they're doing with the show, some of the stuff they're they're doing, characters and stuff like that, it's a spoiler, and they're like openly talking about it and publicly putting pictures, and and I'm like, you're not even like hiding that this. Yeah, is in the show like that's really right. stupid. So, I'm actually glad. Um, I woke up Friday morning and that was like the first thing I did. I was like, oh, I'll just watch Mandalorian, and I watched it, and so it wasn't spoiled for me yeah. what it was all about. But well, I do know that some of the characters, especially this season, although I did hear that there were some cameos and some mentions of characters last season, but this season there's a lot of tie-ins to other Star Wars properties, specifically some of the animated series. And I had fallen off of Clone Wars. I'd, I feel like I'd watched the first season years ago, like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, but it was, and as a big Star Wars fan, I enjoyed pieces of it, but it was also still very childish and very Saturday morning cartoon. And I was just like, I don't know if I can watch. I, I forget. There's got to be like, 20 episodes per season and i think there's six seasons or seven seasons i was like that's a lot i don't know that just felt like a felt like a monumental task so um i did go on youtube and watch a few summary things you know for a few of the characters that um are in mandalorian this year that you know were present in some of the animated stuff 
I just watched some YouTube summaries of their stories, and I, re- I do recommend that. Like, if you watch The Mandalorian and you see some character who's clearly supposed to be important, there's some really great YouTube channels out there that summarize some of the Clone Wars stuff. Um, and it looks like a lot of it was pretty epic. There's a lot of storylines in there with some returning villains and stuff like that that I yeah, wasn't Yeah, I heard the Clone of, Wars is cool. good, but I've started it multiple times and just, I think it's, maybe it's just that it's a cartoon and then yeah. the first yeah. few episodes I watched weren't like, it's, I don't think they were revealing anything super cool that people love the show for. I, so I, I need I, I need off. a guide, like here's the episodes to watch. Like here's three episodes yeah. in season one, here's four in season two. Like whatever that <coughs> guide is, I need a guide for that. But I, I actually... I think the bar... I was going to say, I think the bar is set pretty low also considering a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans hate the prequels. Yeah. So when you compare the animated you know, Clone Wars series to the movie, yep. then... I have heard people say that the love story between Anakin and Padme, the way it plays out in the cartoon, makes everything in the movies way more acceptable and believable. Where it's like, all right, okay. well, I, you know, it makes, it makes <laughs> you go like, okay, they are really in love. But the movies did a horrible job of telling yeah. that story. Yeah. But, well, I was going to tell you, but so, I ended up watching the most important show to be released and that's the new Important. saved by the bell <laughs> uh-huh. shut up get up i watched all 10 episodes of the new saved by the bell jesus christ and what you, it was year girl? epic it is, <laughs> is the epic, most epic right woke word? show ever it has a transgender character it has all the minorities of course it of is course. woke and everybody that knows me knows i'm all about wokeness like I just want to be progressive, so I fully support and endorse this show and its feelings. As long as the white men in the show are all villains, I'm okay with it. Actually, I'll be honest with you. It is super woke, and it's ridiculous on how many times they like try to force some of the stuff. But they also take like little jabs and cheap shots. Like There was one scene like where um, I think Slater was reading the Bible... And they, they, they made a shot about how, like, that's not allowed in, in schools or something like that. They were taking a jab at how this book is, even though it's a really good book, it's not allowed in, 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 in schools and stuff. And I was like, well, at least they're being fair. Like, they're literally being woke in every area. That's not usually an area where people, like, support Christianity being uh, basically ousted from any public uh, areas. True, true, so, true. But I will say this about the show, being serious, I actually enjoyed it. Like, I had a smile on my face <laughs> the entire time. I could set aside, and I've said this before, I can set aside your little woke bull crap if you're entertaining, and it was entertaining. Like, I could get, get past all that, that stuff and just enjoy the show for what it was. I thought a lot of the new characters were good. I thought they were super, everything was super cheesy. I like the fact that they didn't do like a one for one, like, hey, this is what Saved by the Bell was. We've got to copy it. Like, they definitely tried to twist it and do their own thing. And I thought they did a pretty good job of it. Like, I don't feel nice. like I wasted my time. So, nice. where did this air exactly? Like, what, what even? You have to be like, part of, like, it's NBC, but it's Peacock. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's Peacock's like $5 a month, and you get access to all NBA, NBC shows and sports, and then you also And I think get, some live TV that NBC has, too. Yeah, and then they have, like, um, they have movies, too. So they're trying to grow it, and it's just $5 a month. So I watch a, a lot of soccer. have got a few originals, and I haven't watched any of the originals. We've used it to watch a few live things here and there, but I've also used it to watch rewatch through King of Queens, which I realize is a pretty... King kind of, of Queens. Pretty standard... Um, 
sitcom for a lot of folks, but my wife and I yeah. love that show. That show just hits all the right notes for us. We just think it's so funny. So I love yeah. King of Queens. Um, and it's not that show doesn't stream anywhere else. I, we haven't seen King of Queens streaming anywhere else. Um, and, and Peacock has it, which is cool. Uh, Dan, you watching anything? Um, trying to think. Uh, just still plowing through Simpsons. Simpsons is just something we watch like when we're having dinner or whatever. Sure. Um, That's what King of Queens is time. for us, yeah. Yeah, Christmas time is here, so, you know, just trudging through some Christmas movies. Maybe trudging is harsh, because if Renee heard that, she would strangle me. But uh, <laughs> Some of them are Christmas. a trudge, man. That's just reality. <laughs> some of them are a trudge. I mean, it does kind of, like, it, it. they weren't, I didn't watch them really that much. Like, uh, like Rudolph, the Rudolph mm-hmm. the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, stop Forget animation. It. I didn't I really that. watch that when I was younger. But, like, watching it now, I do kind of get, like... I get those feelings and nostalgia, even though I didn't watch them when I was a kid. Because I always just, hated like, it's that. It's just man. such a product of its time, you know. It's like a nightmare. Never liked that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. It just kind of makes you. It does almost kind of make you think, like, you know, when you were a kid. It just brings yeah. you back to that time. I don't. I, maybe it's just an old man thing, and I'm just getting old. But yep. Um, watching that and um, you know, like Frosty and stuff, and and the the voice acting is just so bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And just like, um, what were they actually trying to cancel recently? Wasn't that like one of the Charlie Brown Christmas specials or something? Probably. Um, I forget. There was like There's something, something problematic on. in everything that was oh, made. Yeah. In I mean, more, more than a year ago. There's two parts in, in Rudolph. That's, that's hilarious to me. It's when, um, Rudolph's is a dasher is his dad. I forget. Um, and he goes to look for Rudolph and he tells his wife cause she wants to come along and he's like, no, this is man's work. No. Like, that's literally what he said. <laughs> um, Oops. and then another part when they're leaving the cave, uh, with the abominable snow monster and, um, they're all sad cause, uh, what's his face goes over the side of the cliff and, um, and they're all like, oh yeah, you know, they're all very sad at what just happened, but you know, the storm's coming. So they got to get all the women back. And it's like, <laughs> It's like what? Like oh my god! Like that's why? Why is it the women that's? First of all, you're de- you're all you know reindeers. You're not even people, but that's fine. So it's just yeah, they're just such products of their time. It is just funny because it's like that stuff doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, but it's nice. So yeah, yeah, nice. Um, yeah. I will say I'm also um even though it's not a TV show, I've been recently kind of I guess you could say reintroduced to the band Falling in Reverse. So this yeah, I was surprised by that post, Tim. I, I, I didn't know you would listen to that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, I've always been a big fan of rock, hard rock, different types of metal, and even you know, even some pop punk and screamo. It just depends on the band and what they're talking about. Like I, okay, I like songs that are real that really highlight uh, excellent musicianship. As someone who has mm-hmm. played music a lot, I can really recognize that and love that because I admire it so much. And also when the artist is being incredibly real and just kind of raw and what they're writing about. So, for example, I'm not a huge fan of hip hop and rap. I just don't listen to a lot of it. But I could Me listen. Neither. But I could listen to NF all day because of the way he raps and what he raps about. That dude is incredibly real and open and honest. And I recommend him to everybody, even if you don't like rap. Um, he mm. is absolutely amazing. So. This is the same thing with someone like Falling, a band like Falling in Reverse, a band that um, Spotify and Pandora over the years have always recommended to me, based on the fact that I listen to bands like Thrice a lot, um, or Hands Like oh. Houses. But yeah. um, but I've always skipped them because they looked like super pop punk, especially their biggest song from like oh what was that like eight years ago, the Drug and Me Is You, and they all have like the 
the swooped over haircuts yeah. and the skinny yeah, yeah, jeans yeah. and they're wearing tons <laughs> of makeup and it just I was yep. like nope hard pass on that one yeah and I just heard part of it and he sings really whiny like oi like the word I is or like he has o's to all the vowels and it's just mm. kind of like are it, they English no but it's just no? like okay. it just kind of bothered me okay. so all that all that to say I've been recently kind of reintroduced to them because they're more recent songs are really interesting and the videos they're putting out are really interesting and it's mostly thanks to like a lot of reaction videos people put out some really interesting reaction videos to them and they've got two new songs specifically popular monster and the drug and me is reimagined they Mm reimagined that pop punk hit as this like vamp it's like a almost like a vampire opera theatrical production with lots of piano hmm. and cello and it's gorgeous and the dude can s- the dude can sing i, I had no idea yeah. i had no idea yeah, he yeah. could sing like this and he also raps he's an amazing like he's really good at all these different oh, okay. genres so all that to say it's really fun when you get into a band that you maybe you had written off or hadn't really heard of before um and so i'm really digging them these days i'm a huge fan of um adding orchestral stuff to metal same like i just it just it just adds this like epicness to it that i super love um yep and i just want to also point out that jeff uh, is stupid for not liking metal because he's a dumb jerk <laughs> well, oh they're screaming and i don't know what they're saying i hope you're listening jeff <laughs> you dumb jerk well he's not gonna listen anymore he already, he already <laughs> hates me and now you're calling him out so that's two out of the three of us calling him out and he doesn't like me enough to make up for either of you two, so we're yeah. screwed. Also, Hamilton's done. So, so. rest in peace, uh. Jeff. You're gone, and we're okay Bye, with Jeff. it. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Jeff. Actually, I did want to add um, that I did start uh, watching a Finding Neverland anime. I got my wife watching it with me, so that one's pretty interesting. Oh, right. I know you guys don't watch anime, really. But... No, anime's mm-hmm. Um Concept is actually super, super dark. It's uh, these kids that live in an orphanage. Um, you pretty much find out, like, the super heavy dark like crazy thing that's going on overall at the end of the first episode and i obviously don't want to ruin it but it's it's very dark i mean Hmm. it's an anime about kids and i'm saying it's very dark just bad things happen so all right um but it's it's actually very interesting because the kid the three main kids are like super smart so like they they test the kids in the show um for various reasons and there's certain things that i don't even know why yet but they've specified that it has to do with the brain and certain things in the show that there's like an important thing involving the brain with the kids. So they're like, they're super smart. So like the, um, the, uh, woman running the orphanage, they call her mother. So they're trying to like outwit her, but then she's outwitting them also because she's trying to get them to sort of the thing that is very bad. So it's kind of like this game of cat and mouse, them kind of trying to outwit each other and they're trying Mm. to escape the orphanage for various reasons. So is this on uh, Crunchyroll? Uh, it's pretty much on everything. I, I think it's on Netflix, Hulu, oh. Crunchyroll. It's on all of them. So, oh, okay. um, and the dubbed version, because again, I, I mentioned before, Renee, I'm not gonna make her watch the subbed version. Um, dub version, not bad. I mean, I always prefer subbed, but uh, dub version, not bad at all. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's interesting. Nice. All right. Well, we'll do some Christmas family movie stuff too. We just haven't gotten into it too much. Probably over the next couple of weeks, we'll dive into the Christmas stuff, but. We are playing a whole lot of video games, and um, I don't know if you... I wanted to talk first about Immortals, since that just released this week, and yeah. find out from you guys if you've been playing it, and what do you think so far. I've been playing it a little bit. I didn't have a ton of time to put into it, but okay. my son and I... Uh, my son Shepard and I were passing a controller back and forth, playing it here on PC, since I've got Ubisoft Plus for the moment. And... Um, 
overall really liking it. But I'm curious what you guys think. Are you both playing this one at all? I'm not yet, but I, I was I was hoping you guys had because I'm I am super interested in it. I'm just gonna wait probably till after Christmas some gift cards to get it. So yeah, I uh, I got one? it on Xbox, and I put about an hour and a half in it. Um, it's not been my main game. I've been and I'll talk about my main game in a little bit. I did finish Destiny Two Beyond Light, so that's been my main. But um, I put an hour and a half in. I really like it. Um, I think the only thing that's kind of intimidating and it's kind of frustrating, to be honest with you, is I'm almost 30 hours into Valhalla, which isn't even that yeah. deep. <laughs> and then I've started this Immortals, and then we've got Thursday, we've got Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. So it's like yeah. I don't feel like I want to play more than an hour and a half right now. Um, yeah. But it's not because the game lacks quality i actually think it's so far more fun than valhalla as far as combat and the world uh the puzzles have been easy in the beginning but i did when i stopped at the hour and a half get to an area where it looks like you have to do like five or six puzzles to get through and it get through a door or something and i was like uh this is a uh, brain too Thinking. much i'm out um, cause anybody knows me knows I'm not a big fan of puzzles. I don't mind if they're simplistic, but if you got to unlock like four puzzles to do one thing, I'm like, what? I get confused on where I'm supposed to go, mm. what I'm supposed to do. Um, yeah. but overall I think it's a fun game. Like it's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yes. It looks like Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's got a Kinda. few systems that borrow from Zelda, but other than that, I'm kind of sick of seeing people say it's it's a Zelda Breath of the Wild clone. No, it's not. It's not even like close. Certain systems clone pieces of it, right? Like the stamina yeah. bar when climbing, taming your mount is you can a make lot like food the Zelda and one stuff was. like that. But like the combat's not even remotely close. Nope. Combat the gear Assassin's system Creed, is not even remotely close. Yep. The story, <laughs> the world, as far as like where you're at, not even remotely close. So it's like you can find more things that it's not Zelda Breath of the Wild than you can find, yep. yeah, this is a ripoff of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So Agreed. I think it's just clearly it's people who know nothing about the game that are just looking at pictures and going, this looks like Zelda Breath of the Wild. Well, that's well, like saying... It's the aesthetic and it's open world, so obviously people... Yeah, but that's it's the like same Demon thing Souls, with right? Genshin Everyone's like, oh, Impact. Demon's Souls clone. Genshin mm-hmm. Impact doesn't play at all yeah. like Zelda Breath of the Wild. Right, exactly. So that's why I have an issue with it, because that's like saying every realistic game looks like Cyberpunk 2077. Like, okay, <laughs> that's stupid. So yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. It's the art what do, style. Hey, what do you think so far about the narration? So the the storytelling hook that they use is um, Zeus and Prometheus talking on top of this mountain where Prometheus is. You know, he's uh, living out his sentence that Zeus gave him for helping the Titans a long time ago. So Prometheus is mm. chained to the mountain, which is part of mythology. It's not a spoiler for this game. That's whatever um anyway so zeus and him are talking it's very like jokey banter it reminds me a little bit of the opening of borderlands where you've got um some narration from i forget the the weapons guy's name what's his name uh with the accent i don't remember oh I, talking, I, I forgot his name but um sure. but it reminds me of that where zeus and except zeus and prometheus are talking to each other and there's um prometheus is trying to tell a very serious epic tale and zeus keeps chiming in with his kind of goofy one-liners and they are actually sometimes make me chuckle and sometimes it's just kind of like ah whatever it's it's silly jokes um but i kind of like it they they really set a clear vibe of we're just having fun here 
Like, yeah, that's the vibe I, that yeah. I got. That's what I was going to say. Like, I actually like it a lot. And I, I said when I played the demo, I didn't expect it going into it. And so it kind of changed the tone of what I thought the game was. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know if I like this. But as I played it, I was like, oh, okay, these guys are actually funny. This is kind of witty. It changes, like I said, the tone of the actual mm-hmm. game. You're not playing a overly serious game they are still telling you like this cool story about this epic villain and how how he's uh, limited the power of the gods and he's looking to take over and destroy everything and then you're got to use this human or whatever to which zeus doesn't think highly of and that's kind of the the premise is that um was it prometheus you said mm-hmm. yeah he's telling this tale of your character that Zeus thinks is a joke. He thinks humans are okay. a joke, they're pathetic, they're weak, and yet he's going to tell this tale of how this human is going to save the gods or whatever this human's going to end up doing. So I thought it was, so far, executed really well, and I like the fact that they chose to go in this direction because, like I said, because it changes the tone, it makes you feel like you're playing a totally different game than you would be playing in your normal Ubisoft open world style game. Yeah. Like a yeah. lot of people are like, why would they release this right? Like real close to Assassin's Creed. Now, as far as like playing a leveling up open world game, I totally get why you would question their logic in doing that. But as far as tone, like what this game actually is, they're very, very different. Like, well, this is also like different. a great option for people who don't want their kids to play something as violent and serious yeah, yeah, and yeah. heavy as Assassin's yeah. Creed, which, by the way, is violent. Heads getting cut off and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's crazy. And, also, and, and the tone is very serious. It's a very mature story. But now you've got Immortals where it's very kid-friendly. I mean, it's got a little bit of like you know rated PG type language here and there, but overall really clean and really kid-friendly, I think. Also on the Switch, so then you have that and option too. on the too. Switch, which mo- by yeah. most accounts, it performs just fine, and it looks fine too, because that art style, yeah. we talked about that last week, how the art style helps it a lot Yeah. in that vein. Um, it's interesting, Derek, you talked about it coming out right around Valhalla, and then now this week we've got Cyberpunk. It's unfortunate timing for me because I'm interested in all three. It's like I really yeah. want to. Pl- I want to play all three of these. <laughs> well, so, that's why I'm pushing it back till after Christmas because I mean Cyberpunk's yeah. coming out. Like I, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad call, I, and I think this is the kind of game as a new IP and as a very kid-friendly game. I'm assuming it will sell well. I don't think it's going to be bonkers. Like Assassin's Creed is apparently their best, you know, selling game yeah. out of the gate. Things like that. So I don't think it's going to compete with their existing IP, but uh, I think it's going to do well enough to. Hopefully, get a sequel in the future, I and think the I think it'll. it'll I, I th- yeah, the reviews are pretty good on it, and I do think it's gonna see a decent sale or two early in 2021. So if you're not in a hurry to play it, you could probably wait and grab it for 30, 40 bucks. I would guess um, in a couple months. So, but I like it overall. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. Derek, you already mentioned that the combat's nothing like Zelda. I agree with that, but the combat is incredibly like. Assassin's Creed. It's actually more like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's not like Valhalla's combat. It's a lot okay. like Odyssey's combat and the way that you parry, um, the way that you attack. Uh, but it does take. It does have a few unique pieces. Like your light attack is with your sword, and when you hit heavy attack, you pull the giant axe off of your back. So it it's a little bit different than that. You're not just hitting harder. You're actually using a different weapon. Um, but a lot well, of the yeah, because you're are the actually same. using it for different reasons too. Like you want to use right. the 
heavier attack, which is your heavier um, weapon, to actually stun your enemies, like break them down. Because some of them, okay. yep. you're barely doing any damage to them or none at all until you break them down. So it's right. it's it's really done well. Like the combat's mm-hmm. really so they have well like done. a meter. I'm assuming that there's you a stun there's a down. stun meter under their health meter that fills okay. up, and you actually have two types of damage on every weapon. You have stun damage and regular damage. Yep. And so, okay. and you can choose to, as you unlock skills. Uh, once you get to the Hall of the Gods, you get all these different things you can unlock. You can change your hairdo or the way your character looks. You can upgrade skills. You can upgrade your weapons. There's lots of upgradable stuff. Again, it's not as deep as a lot of RPGs, but it has a ton of options if you want to go after them. Um, and some of the skills involve, hey, I want to get this special move that does a ton of damage but hardly any stun, or vice versa. I want to stun them. Like that move that everyone saw in all the trailers where they bring the spears up from the ground, and it's this huge uppercut <coughs> where you fly up in the air. Um, mm-hmm. That is mainly a stun move. It will does a ton of stun damage, not a ton of health damage. So things like that. There's some layers of... I think of um, of strategy to the combat. You, you get a group of enemies, and you can decide if I want to sneak up and do a stealth attack first. You don't really assassinate; it's not an Assassin's Creed, but you can sneak up and get a head start on at least one of the enemies by doing a stealth attack before they all see you. So there is that aspect to it, but for the most part, it's all about jumping into open combat. Um, you can do a lot of bow and arrow stuff, which is fun. Um, but again, it's it's one of those things where I think they take a lot of good pieces from a bunch of different games, and I think it works out well to be a really fun, very visually appealing, uh, a very fun game. So I, I'm digging it. Um, I'm not too far into it either. I think I'm about the same way into it as you are, Derek. Assassin's Creed, on the other hand, I think I just hit 55 hours or something like that. Okay. Still trudging along. Still, And I... To me, it's not a trudge, man. I, I am absolutely <laughs> adoring this game. I understand for folks who are like, I'm not digging the story, combat, characters, whatever. If that's not their thing, if they don't like the setting, that totally makes sense. And I get why that much time isn't appealing to you. But I'm approaching this like I did The Witcher 3, where this is my game. Like, this is the main game I'm going after. And I'm going to keep going after this one. Even when Cyberpunk comes out, I'm going to try out Cyberpunk, give some impressions. But I want to give that one my full attention when I can. So I want to finish up Assassin's Creed because it's my yeah. main game. And I am just totally loving it. It is so much fun. I have no problem going after all the little treasures and all that stuff. I love upgrading things. But Derek's mentioned this already, and that is some of the upgrade stuff, some of the treasures, he's not seeing the value in it personally as he's playing. He doesn't find that yeah. uh, it's that rewarding for him. And that totally makes sense. I love it. I love all the side stories. I actually find leveling up to be quite easy. If you go after the blue glowing marks on the map, you can very quickly add skill points and get your power level up because those are typically anywhere from just a minute or two conversation and you get skill points. You get a bunch of XP, which give you skill, skill mm-hmm. points. Um, or it could be like a mini quest or maybe a, a fight you have to win real quick or whatever, but they're very quick little world events. That's probably what I need to do more. I focused more yeah. on the yellow and then I was doing all the raids. I did even raids that were above yep. my power level. And then I was like, okay, every single main quest I've done is done. Everything is now, you need to level up your camp, and you need to build this for this lady, which I ended up building it for. But I'm like, I don't have anywhere to raid. I don't have anywhere to go. What the heck are you wanting me to do? You might. I'm wondering if you got stuck kind of like how I got stuck, because... Mm. I got. Did you get? Did you forget to go to? Uh, is it Radvi or Ra- how do you Rand say her v. name? 
Ranvi, did you mm-hmm. keep going to her, or did you forget to go to her? Uh, where, she, where basically you're establishing the the alliances with all sort of the neighbors. I did, like, two alliances. I think I have to go back okay. to her or something. Yeah, yeah you got well, well, to go back to her. Well, even after you turn in, you know, you close out that quest, you then have to talk to her again to decide where's the next area we're going to go after, yeah. and then you so, get a new quest line. That will be what I, I need to do then. I, yeah. Here's the thing. I like the game. I don't. I don't like the fact that I felt like I was getting stuck. But the main thing I'm, which will not change based off quest. I don't like the combat. Like I don't think it's terrible, but I liked mm-hmm. Odyssey and Origins way better. Like I feel like yeah, the combat I, I in this game sucks. Like anytime I block, I can't move. And then if I do dual wielding weapons, yes, you're OP offensively, but you can easily get hit and stunned and knocked down and all that stuff if you don't have any way of blocking. So that I don't like to do. I'm not dying a lot, so I don't want to hear stupid people saying, good, good. I'm not dying. I'm saying it's not fun. You're just not That's having fun with yeah. the fight. I don't yet. like the combat. I like to be able to... It's just like Demon Souls and Dark Souls and all that. If I put my shield up, I can still move. My character does not move. He just drops... It's like the show, you know, Last Kingdom. When you put your shield up, you stand still. Like, that's what the Vikings do. They don't, like, move. And so I don't really like this because I'm not, I'm not in an army. It's just me, and I can't move. I'm like, I can just either block, parry, or swing. And I don't like... Personally, yeah, it sounds I like, like it feels. sounds like uh, you either need to try some other weapon types. Although you have tried dual welding, which is good. I have a spear that I'm using right now that I'm really digging. That brings me back to some of the Odyssey kind of fast-paced action that I remember. Um, but I will say this: if you unlock more adrenaline points on that skill chart, I would advise people to just go online and look for a map because it's so stupid that they use a fog of war on their yeah. skill map. I think that's really dumb because um, just I want to be able to see and plan out how I want to level up. And they should just let you see it. I don't know why they hide it from you. Anyway, get all the adrenaline points you can get because all the as long as you go collect those books of knowledge and you really upgrade your abilities, those to me at least, this is just my personal opinion. You guys might not like it as much. That helps add so much flavor, and in some cases helps you have easy mode for certain battles. It just it adds so much to the combat. Whether it's calling in your wolf for an attack. Or doing some kind of crazy. I have this. I just got this bum rush move where you tackle them and you just start. It's called like oh, yeah, Rage yeah. of the Viking or something. Yeah. The, the, that kind of stuff to me makes the combat feel really visceral and really real and really cool. Like I'm really digging it. Is it as complex as what you had in Origins and Odyssey? I don't know. Maybe not. But I'm enjoying it just as much. And I don't know why. I don't know if maybe I'm allowing things that I should criticize to slide. That's very possible because I'm just enjoying the overall vibe of the game so much. But I am I'm really enjoying every battle that I've been in. So it was could it, um, go ahead. Oh no, I was because Derek, you said you unlocked the uh, dual wielding. Was it the two handed dual wielding you unlocked, or no? I I am actually okay. on track to get that one, but I'm just doing okay. regular dual wielding. So I just unlocked that, and it's absurd. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I have this two-handed claymore mm-hmm. in one hand, and then I have this two-handed Dane axe in the other, and she's has one in each hand. And I'm just—you basically do this whirlwind move with the, um, you know, if you hold the, uh, if you hold down the uh, parry button, 
you do like a certain attack depending on what weapons you yeah. have. Like if you have a spear, you'll do this charge and then try to yeah. throw them aside. Yeah. So if you're dual wielding two-handed weapons, she basically just like spins around like a tornado and just mows down. It's crazy. And, yeah. And this particular axe I I found, I think it has um like like a additional fire damage or something. Yeah. Because the first time I did it, like I was just I mowed down like six dudes and they just set on fire randomly. I was like, did I did I hit something? Like what <laughs> what even happened? How did they even set on fire? That's like, awesome. Yeah, but it, it was actually pretty amazing. By so. the way, if you have if you're an Amazon, I think it's Amazon Prime. Am I thinking of the right thing? I think it's Amazon Prime. You can unlock uh, an armor set that's already maxed out to like mythical level, and you'll get a spear oh. and a shield. You can activate Wait, that. It's just free content. How do you? D- is is that on the e, the Ubisoft Club or? Yeah, it was something I connected with Amazon. I just had to connect my Amazon and Ubisoft accounts, and it, and it was called. Okay. I'm blanking out what it's called. It starts with a C, but it's just a, an armor set and a horse, and okay. and uh, and a spear and a shield, which is weird to give you a spear and a shield because you can't use a shield while holding a spear, but whatever. <laughs> um. Anyway, I also went back to Norway, which I had skipped a ton of Norway stuff when I first did the okay. opening of the game, and I went, I kind of went straight to England, and I left a lot of Norway for later. And I recently have gone back to explore, and there's some really awesome stuff and incredible mountains and stuff there. But again, it's not for everybody. But like, if you're trying to do all the hunts for the guy who wants to give you runes and everything for different hunts, that's where you get polar yeah. bear uh, fur and things like that. You go, okay. go there for that. Um. Anyway, I'm very much loving it in the same way that I know some people didn't love The Witcher because the combat just didn't vibe with them or maybe it was too sprawling and there's too much to go see. All those descriptions for me are like, yeah, that's what makes it great. Like, I love how sprawling it is and how much there is to see. I love that there's tons to do. I love getting in the boat. Sometimes it just connects or it doesn't. I, I love getting in the boat and heading down the river and even when you don't see the red axes crossed there's still plenty of places to raid there's lots of places yeah. to raid that aren't marked on your map yeah. so you can kind of raid as you go which i've done a few times um so yeah i just hit power level i'm just under power level 200 and um yeah i'm right at this point i'm kind of ready to let me let me go ahead and get through the story because i have a feeling that my plans to just try out cyberpunk are going to turn into getting hooked on cyberpunk and i don't want to leave ac valhalla unfinished but yeah, but it is what it is. I, I'm really, I'm really digging it. It's right up there with my favorite games of this year. But um, we'll get to that next month. So, all right. Anything else you guys are playing that you wanted to highlight? I know we've talked about AC for two weeks in a row, but it is such a freaking huge game. It's worth touching on each week just to make sure that we either still like it, don't like it, what we do or don't like about it. Um, by the way, just to be really clear, this is not a perfect game. I, I have a good amount of glitches that are hilarious. Um, yeah. There's some weird stuff that happens with the water sometimes mm-hmm. uh, or with climbing where it's like, well, I obviously was trying to climb there. Why did the game make me jump off the edge or whatever? Like there's still some that's of that. That's just always been an Assassin's Creed there, thing. <laughs> there's still some of that. That's, to me, in my opinion, that's just an open world thing. I, even on other yeah. non-Ubisoft open world games, you'll get that sometimes. So yeah. um, that doesn't really bother me. It makes me chuckle. It happened in The Witcher 3 as well. It doesn't take away, in my opinion, from the overall quality and enjoyment of the game. You just, yeah. you know, you push past that stuff. So that still happens every once in a while. But there are some really cool story moments. You mentioned The Last Kingdom, Derek. There's some story moments that really remind me of that show where you're trying, you as the main character, trying to balance out getting all these um, alliances with all these kingdoms. So you're trying to help the right people or maybe not yeah. help the wrong people. And there's also characters that are just too wild and out of control. And they, 
were part of one storyline, then boom, they circle back to another one, and now they're really causing havoc when it should uh, have been a straightforward thing, and it's like crap. And so I, t- I won't say the who, one with the shaved head on the side with his yeah. hair flipped over. That could, okay. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> not gone after the first encounter with him. I figured. Um, and I really enjoyed what they did with the second storyline there. I thought that was a very TV show like. Like I kind of okay. saw it coming, uh, what was what, what they did with it, but it was still like, man, that was cool the way they did that. Really, really well yeah. done. But uh, the anyway. only thing um, I would add before we move on is Beyond Light, uh, Destiny Two. Um, I talked about it last week about how you know if you don't care about Destiny, it's not going to sell you on playing it again. But I did finish the campaign. I found it to be fun. You do unlock the new uh, stasis ability. Um, you know, it's the main point of this entire story beyond light. You're using a dark power to destroy the enemy. Uh, you're using their their uh, power to against them, I guess you should say. Um, <clears throat> I thought overall, like plot-wise, it was fine. Like there was nothing special about it. But for some reason, maybe it's just the mood I'm in. And that's probably why I'm angry at Assassin's Creed. Um is it's it, this is more what I'm in the mood for. It's you know, I just jump in. I have the season pass, so I feel like I'm getting rewarded for playing the game too. But like I'm just jumping in, doing my strikes, doing story missions. Um I'm enjoying the co-op aspect of it. Um but overall, I think it's good. And if you have an Xbox and you have Game Pass, there's zero reason not to give this game a shot. Even if you've never been a fan in the past, just jump into Destiny 2, give it a shot. It is super fun. It's addicting when you start to loot and grind and, and, and unlock a lot of cool gear. And then the last thing I'll touch on for me is uh, I bought the uh, second Extinction Extinction game that's on PC. So that's your uh, that's the one that Xbox uh, like showed off for the Series X. That's a, uh, you know basically a first-person shooter against dinosaurs and it's structured kind of like left for dead Uh, so they put you in like these open areas and you can just explore the map and they have like assignments that they need you to do and the survival is pretty damn hard single player so i they definitely encourage you to play with others which i plan on doing but i just wanted to bring it up because it looks Real good on PC, runs good, and it plays good. Like, it's something Hmm. I'm definitely interested in investing more time in because I liked what they showed when they were announcing, like, the Series X, and that was, like, one of the games. I was like, I'm interested in that, and I didn't realize it was coming out on PC. And so I I actually bought it on sale from Humble Bundle. I got it for, like, $18. So I didn't feel like that was a bad price at all for this game. Um Hmm. And it's it's really good. It's a, it's nice. super fun, and I plan on, like I said, playing it more, and hopefully I'll talk about it in the future. Nice. Dan, anything else you're playing? Um, uh, just a uh, shout-out to Dead by Daylight still. Yeah. It's very, it's very fun. Um, I, I actually would really love to get you guys um, and then a couple other people. I just want to I want to murder you guys. PS4 is what you're playing on? I, I should go download it. <laughs> um, I think I do think it's actually cross um cross play oh so i because uh when when i checked the friends list just randomly sometimes because mm-hmm. i think somebody like sent me a request on there um I, I think there is a you know it's set up so you can do like pc versus ps4 but i think the only place i own it quote unquote own it would be ps4 because oh, okay. of ps plus sure. right ps plus yeah 
Um, <clears throat> but it, it does have an upgrade to PS5, so it actually does look mm. a little better, runs a little better. Nice. Um, loads a little faster, so... Um, so obviously in the future when you do, um, or anybody listening, if, if, you know, you were curious, it, it does play better on PS5. So. I mean, I don't know why, but as you were saying all those phrases, I thought of the big red commercial, the big, the old, like the kiss, a, kiss a little longer. Oh. <laughs> Is that maybe that loads a little faster, plays a little better, looks a little better. And I was like, kiss a little longer, longer, red. longer with big red. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a commercial for dead by daylight. You're welcome. Um, so that's still fun. Nice. Um, but I did want to bring up a new game. Um, so I did. Uh, I think I mentioned last time I pre-ordered um, Twin Mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. which is um, from Dotnod. Um, so I'm a little past halfway because I think when I looked up uh, what the total hours is, it seems the average is about four hours. So okay. it's not very long. Um, I, it's a thirty dollar game normally. Um, it's okay. Yeah, that's what um, I heard. Like I watched reviews yeah. on it. It's 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 from what I was seeing, it's like bad to okay, <laughs> and <laughs> which your is disappointing. Is that it's okay? Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Um, there are certain aspects about it that I do like, um, but like as I was as I've been playing it, and Renee's been watching it with me because she watched me play Life is Strange as well, and she definitely felt like really emotional with that game as well and obviously i don't want to spoil anything about that game but it's you know the ending and just Love a lot game. of things that happen yeah it's yep. a it, really impactful game i think um, yep. still something i think about um this game not gonna impact me i don't think unless the ending is like super crazy um but sort of the moment to moment like the gameplay itself is really slow and tedious hmm. um like basically you're investigating these sort of moments because um, the main character, uh, what's is it Sam? I'm I'm just gonna say the main character because I don't remember. Um, he's coming back to his hometown because he had left. Uh, bad memories, some things happened, so on and so forth. Um, he's coming back to town because his friend passed away. Um, and that was in the trailer initially, so that's I don't think that's a huge spoiler. Mm-hmm. He's basically coming back to the to the wake, um, but he didn't really want to come back. Um, and things start unfolding. Um, his friend's daughter you know asks him to help her with some stuff figure some things out because things seem off and weird about the situation um so he's a uh investigational like journalist like he he basically is a journalist um and he wrote some sort of piece on the town about the so there's a a coal mine there and this it's like a coal mining mountain town and he wrote some piece about how like it wasn't safe there and all these issues and things going on. So they ha- they shut down the mine. So a bunch of people lost jobs. So they hated him. So that's one of the reasons why he left as well. Um, but basically, as you're investigating these moments where he's trying to figure out with his friend, you know, did he actually just die of like the accident that he was in, or did you know was there something else going on? The gameplay is just not fun. Like mm. basically. I don't know if I if with life uh, life is strange there was a lot of like dialogue where you looked at something and she would she would say something and it wasn't really important. I don't remember. There might if have that been, too much. but I remember with life is strange what stuck out to me at least was more about making decisions or doing things than rewinding time. Like that was right. fascinating. But the gameplay seemed to kind of move along a little faster, right? Yeah. I don't know if maybe that was the episodic nature. Could be. Whereas this is like a full game, but it's a short game. Okay. Um. But, like, 
in the when you're doing the gameplay moments there just seems to be kind of a lot of like you don't really know what you need to be looking for it's not super obvious right off the bat so you end up looking at a lot of things and your main character has like a little thing to say but it's not important really he's just saying something and (laughs) it kind of almost like to kind of lengthen the game more than it needs to be you know they they used to let you do that in their other telltale games like uh walking dead i remember lots of occasions where i would investigate stuff with lee thinking that i was going to find something interesting and it was just him commenting on stuff now thankfully that voice actor is awesome and i liked hearing him talk but there was a lot of filler like that there too i remember yeah yeah, so exact filler. Yeah, mm-hmm. is probably the best word to use. Is there's definitely a lot of filler when you're figuring things out. Um, what you need and, if your game's only four hours long. So that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. But like the whole, it's like supposed to be like a psychological thriller sort of mystery. And like the mystery parts, like if they just kind of condensed it, where you were focusing more on the mystery part, um, to kind of you know kind of drag just fixating more on that than mm-hmm. the actual like kind of all just the random things in the environment and he's like oh yeah i remember that thing um and just kind of ra- a random memory about some object that's there that he sees like that's not super important like i get some people think that's interesting because it makes it feel more realistic like you're in the world but it's just not done super well here yeah um, and again, it doesn't. It it kind of dis- distracts from the moments where the the actual mystery part of the game can be interesting, but it's just taking too long to get to those moments. Just like me trying to explain this game. <laughs> so you see what I see what I'm doing there? Yeah, you are. <laughs> what I'm doing to explain this game is basically what this game does. Yeah. So it so. sounds like this game is not necessarily a, a strong recommendation at the moment. Maybe if it's free on some service or cheap, really somewhere. It a, yeah, I would I would say if you like nabbed it for twenty bucks or less, like give it a shot. I don't think it's Don't Nod's one of their, you know, yeah, shining shining moments yeah, for that's sure. Fair. So, well, the other yeah. the other two that I've tried out recently outside of uh, Assassin's Creed, of course, which is most of my time, would be uh, Super Mega Baseball Three. Playing that on the Switch, I think that's on every platform. Mm. You still enjoying that? I'm not a huge <laughs> baseball fan, like MLB. Like, I don't follow a lot of teams. I have a general understanding usually of who's good and who's not each season. I'll watch the playoffs. But I don't really get into Major League Baseball. But Super Mega Baseball 3 is, of course, since they're not MLB the show, they don't have the license for MLB teams. So it's all fake teams, fake players. It's very cartoony in its visuals. But I'm finding it to be a blast to play. At first, I thought I was amazing at this game. I thought, like, I am the best at this game. (laughs) I didn't realize that it sets you on by far the easiest difficulty. So I sure. was like hitting home runs every three at bats. Like I was, I won this one game like forty-seven to nothing, and I was like, "This is hilarious! This is yeah. so." I'm bad. on steroids. Just but getting then I changed the. There's like a essentially a hundred point scale called your ego, and you can set your ego to whatever you want, and then that that'll be your difficulty. So I moved it up to medium, ah. and now all of a sudden the game is a little more competitive. Still a little easy. So I think I need to go just above medium, and then that's gotcha. probably where it will even out. And uh, that's when pitchers start really mixing up their pitches, and it's harder to tell what they're going to do. And But it's fun. It's a really fun baseball sim game. I, I'm enjoying it. So Nice. Very fun to jump in and play. they got franchise mode where you can sign and release players and do drafts and all that stuff. But, again, it's all fake. So it's fake. if you don't mind not – if you're like me and you're not a huge fan of MLB, you just kind of like the sport of baseball and think this could be fun, there you go. Yeah. Give it a whirl. But, of course, if, you're, if you like the MLB and want real teams, real players, uh, you got to get yourself a PlayStation console. Um, go play yeah. MLB over there. But the other thing that I tried out is they have a demo out for Ghost Runner, 
uh, on Steam. And so I, I think oh, it was on okay. Steam. And so I tried that. Ghost Runner, I think, is on every platform. Um, that game is fascinating, man. It is – the demo lets you play through essentially like two and a half because there's two levels and then like a training level. Um, and whatever, like 30 minutes to an hour is about how long it might take you to get through that. It is basically yeah. Mirror's Edge, but way more fun and super violent. Well, you got like a katana, right? And you're yep. just like wall running and on yep. slashing stuff. So, But keep in mind, this is a parkour game. The idea is move fast, move quick, don't get hit. So think, think the same concept of like a super hot where one hit kills you, but it quick, yeah. it quick reloads to a very recent checkpoint. They seem to be pretty generous okay. with the checkpoints. And the idea is it's, it's very action-packed and violent, and you got to move quick. But you also need to kind of plan out your path. You might do it a few times and then figure out, oh, there's a guy behind this corner. Okay, this time I'm going to go this way. So it's a little strategic as well. You plan out your path um, once you learn the environment a little bit, and then you then you go through it. I, f- I thought it was cool. I thought it was really stylish. It's that cyberpunk setting, and there's some kind of mysterious AI, it seems, that's trying to help you but also maybe manipulate you. I can't tell. So the story seems like it could be interesting if you really dig in deep to it. Uh, the gameplay is pretty fun, but it is one hit kill. Like you can't get hit at all. There's probably upgrades mm. where you can take more hits, but for the most part, it's, it's not a game where you like take cover and then pop out and shoot. And t- it's not that kind of game. You yeah. have to run as fast as you can and try to quickly slice them before they shoot you. Cause everyone has really good aim, uh, in this game. So if you stay still, you'll get shot. Like you have to keep moving. So I thought it was cool. I mean, it looks cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It's got a lot of style to it. I thought I thought it was cool. Uh, interesting that there's all these cyberpunk games that are hitting around the same time. But yeah, because there's another one on the Switch that I got called Dex that was on sale. Another cyberpunk. But that's a side-scrolling action RPG. It's okay. Okay. It's just okay. Just okay. It's just okay. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into a discussion about Game of the Year real quick. Right. This is actually the week. Well. <laughs> Maybe it would have been next week. Next week is the week we normally, in our history of podcasting together, especially me and Derek, but Dan, since you've joined us for a few of those, um, uh, this is the, next week is the week we would have started our first, like, all right, let's talk about best music of the year or whatever. Um, but we're, as we've talked about, we're holding off, and instead we're going to try to make sure we all have a chance to play everything we feel like we really need to try before we get into our debates because we want to have, I think, a real accurate view of the whole year as much as we can. Um, and so that'll happen in January. One of the things that came up recently, though, on text, and some of it was like joking around, trolling each other, just trying to egg each other on, but some of it's like legitimately wondering and sometimes debating, like, should certain games be qualified or not for game of the year? And I think those waters are getting murkier every year that passes because of the nature of the industry and the way that remakes, remasters, re-releases happen. You know, is it a port? Is it a remake? Uh, Hey, it's the exact same game, but they rewrote the code from scratch. So technically it's a new game. It's like all these rules that people have in their own minds. (laughs) And we as a crew here need to decide what our rules are, but I'm also just curious for the sake of our listeners, how you guys think that through. So Derek, I'll start with you because Dan and I, we've hashed this out in the group and on text a lot. And so I kind of know where we're going to go and I want us to, we'll chime in on it too. But I'm curious from your perspective, um, in general, when you approach a game of the year discussion, and let's just say it needs to be official, right? It's official for our podcast, for our group. This is not just Derek's list and you don't really care what other people's rules are. This is, <clears throat> you're trying to take into consideration a lot of points of view. What do you think qualifies something for the best game in this particular case in 2020? Like, what are some examples of games that you would or wouldn't include? 
do you have hard and fast rules? Like, how do you, how do you approach this? Well, I think I've said it in, in the past, like when we've talked about like, just even like the greatest games that I've ever played, I would say Rocket League is one of the greatest games, but it'll never be <laughs> my game of the year. Yeah. Like it mm-hmm. can't be. And, and, and the reason why is I have to have an emotional attachment to the game. And for me, when I think of game of the year, I usually think of some like epic game that has not only great gameplay, but it has to have something like some plot, story, character, something that draws me in emotionally. And that's why normally games like Mass Effect Andromeda or Horizon Zero Dawn or um, uh, The Witcher 3, probably Cyberpunk 2077, I I have to identify with the character. I'm not talking about like, they must be white male. I'm not talking about that. Uh, (laughs) Like their story and like their progression through the world that they're in. That's normally what sets me up. Like, for instance, right now, my contenders, my personal contenders are, they're all AAA, so they're high-caliber, high-quality games, and that would be, like, Ghost of Tsushima or The Last of Us 2. Like, to me, those are examples of what I always look at as, hey, that's that falls into, like, game of the year hmm. material. Whereas, like, yeah. I use the example of Rocket League, and I know it's not this year, but... That's just a good game, or even a Destiny. Like, Destiny would never, and I've put so many hours into Rocket League and Destiny, that would never win a Game of the Year award for me, unless it was, like, best game that you play a lot that you're not emotionally attached to, you know? So those offer what they offer, but they never offer that quality experience that latches on when somebody says, hey, what's a game that you played that you absolutely love and adore? It's not going to be those games except for gameplay-wise. Um, it's got to be what I was talking about. Like, it's hard to define, but I think I'm making sense it's of what I'm looking for. that needs for. to impact you, like, in that moment. Yeah, like... It's like, Rocket League, it's just fun, and it fills those voids, you know? Yeah, like, it's like that, you know, it's just that dumb fun that, you know, you can mindlessly yeah. turn on and play. Well, um, most people can relate to that in terms of even a mobile game. Like, what is the thing when you're in the waiting room, you're waiting in a long yeah, line, that would open be your phone... This. And Rocket League's kind of in that same category. I'm not saying it's a mobile game, but you see what I'm saying. It's I know that game saying. where it's like, like it's where comfort your mind's food. at while you're playing it. Yeah, it's it's comfort food, and you can just you could listen to a podcast, talk to a friend, or just play the game in any scenario, and even have a show on in the background, and you could still play Rocket League and still somehow totally focus on that. I'm right there with you. But I will say this: that being said, and just to even like counter my own opinion, Hades to me is a game that a lot of people are like, game of the year, game of the year, or even Animals Cross, Animal Crossing. Now, personally, I honestly don't care about either one. Like, I've praised Hades because I think it is fun, but I don't play it that much. I haven't played it that much. I played it a little bit to see that it has amazing gameplay, and it has a cool loop. It's just not my personal taste for the type of loop that it's trying to get you to play the game more of to hook me. It, yeah. it just doesn't do it for me. Um but I don't. I wouldn't contest people saying that's game of the year material. For them, if that's what it, that, that's what it is, I can see it. Like I think Animal Crossing is just trash. I don't get why people play it, but I mean, they do. Trash is harsh, and but... a lot of people connect <laughs> with it on a trash. deeper level, even though it doesn't have like this main overarching campaign story that 
touches you emotionally. It just connects people um, when they're playing it and they spend a lot of hours in it. And that so kind of supports it. what you just said. Like Animal Crossing, even though you're not interested in that gameplay, you you see that in the same way you look at Rocket League, which is something that you do really like the gameplay, and that it is a game that's not really game of the year material because it doesn't tell a great story. It's not compelling. It's not emotionally um, compelling. But people like it because they like the moment-to-moment, just like you like Rocket League. So I can see the comparison you're drawn there. But more specifically, what about... um, You just played through Destiny Beyond Light, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Yeah. Um, And that's probably a bad example because that is very clearly DLC add-on content to an existing game. But how do you approach whether or not you want to consider a re-release, remaster, remake, definitive edition, some version of that for game of the year. And where do, where do you recommend, this is us also talking about it as a crew getting ready to make our own rules. Where do you recommend we draw the line as a group? Not even just you, like what do you think personally, but also as a group, as a podcast, where do you think we should draw the line on this is eligible, this is not? Okay, so I, I know a lot of people are like clear-cut. They're like, if it's been released before and it's getting released again, even if it's different, it doesn't qualify. I don't fall into that category um, because I think games like Resident Evil 2 play completely different. So I'm focusing on gameplay than the original. Mm-hmm. Now, does the story stay the same? Yeah, but I'm not playing what they they gave me like 20 years ago. Like it's completely different experience. So if somebody wanted to vote like a Resident Evil 2 remake as a game of the year for them, like it's the first time they've ever played it, it's that special to them, I wouldn't fight them on it. Um, Persona 5 is the one that's getting a lot of... uh, Well, let's talk about real quick for Resident Evil 3 this year. That falls in the same category. As far as I know... I just didn't bring it up because it's not good enough. I know know you didn't like it as much as 2. Yeah. um, But... That falls in the same category, correct? In terms of like, yeah, we should yes. we could we should consider it for our game. Yeah, because it's the same thing. Win. They they completely remade it. It's not the same experience. It like I say that loosely, but like it is the same experience, but it's not. And yeah. so I don't have a problem with somebody or our group being like, no, that's game of the year worthy, because it's not what I played 15, 20 years ago. It's a totally different game. They've really changed it. They've made it prettier. They've changed the way you play the game. Um, so I, I, I think it's a totally different experience, although it's labeled the same thing because it's telling the same type of story. Yeah. But okay, going on back to what I was saying about Persona 5 Royal, like I understand Daniel's argument because I do know that there is more than just a character. There is actual different areas. Your main character that you use has a new ability to like go into def- different sections of the same area you've already explored, but I don't feel like the game is different enough. You're still playing the same game. The graphics aren't that changed. The gameplay isn't different. It's just adding a character, adding a few, I think it's a couple of levels. So yeah, you're experiencing new content, but it's not a new experience. So for me... That's where I draw the line and go, no, Persona 5 Royal does not belong on Game of the Year lists. It could have its own genre, which Kyle Neely brought up, so I'll give him props, and then I just followed up with him and said I agreed with him, and that is 
I think there's enough re-releases, remakes, added on content. Like with Xena, I would say this about Xenoblade Chronicles as well. Like they added new content, but I would not consider it a game of the year type game. Not because it's not good enough. It was released, what, eight, nine years ago? All they did is upgrade the visuals. It still plays the same. And then they added new content. Does not deserve game of the year. It should be in its own list of best re-release, remaster, remake of the year. That would be the the list that I would put those games. And you could even throw a Resident Evil 3 or Resident Evil 2 in there, and then you could eliminate it from Game of the Year. It's still getting props, but for me, that's where I draw like a hard line of, no, you've not done enough to change the experience that it shouldn't be up for another award. The only one that kind of, and I want to hear Dan's take on this too, so he can kind of say what he's thinking about some of these examples you're using, but... There's some that are just so far out there, so different from any other remake or remaster. Like Final Fantasy VII remake, yeah, it's not even is close. like is like no other remake that's been done because they didn't just say let's rebuild the code. They changed what the game is. Everything from yeah. even the way certain characters behave. Some of the dialogue is the same, but they added new dialogue. Some of the story beats are the same, but they changed some of the story beats. And the entire gameplay experience is different. It's nothing close. Potentially even more than that, Tim. Not to cross it to spoilers, but it's potentially even more than that. You're right. Yeah. So, so. you're right. And it very well could be more of a spinoff or alternate version. Wh- whatever. I-, I get that. All that to say, I feel like we can all agree something like Final Fantasy VII Remake is an exception that is 100% a no-brainer, brand new game for 2020. But there's not many games like that. So I think when we have this conversation about remakes and remasters, I want to kind of stay in the pocket of games that are still released with generally the same title and have a core experience that is still the same. And I initially I was thinking that Xenoblade should be considered, but the more we've gone down this conversation trail, both on text as well as in their Facebook group, as well as just now here in Derek Talk, the more and more I'm thinking that games like Xenoblade should not be considered. At first I thought it should because I thought it was enough of a remake to get it considered but you're right at its core it's still the same gameplay same combat same characters same story not a lot of that's changed i think they even sorry there's a lot of noise in the background i think they even reused um a lot i know the the music was redone right so they re-recorded so the music is upgraded the visuals are upgraded that's awesome and they added a bunch of additional content like a prequel type content to it anyway all that to say it's still the same core game. If you play Xenoblade Chronicles and then play Definitive Edition, like 80 to 90% of that experience is going to be the same outside of the fact that it looks better and some of the gameplay tweaks that make the combat better are there. But it's overall the same experience. That being said, I want to go back to Persona 5 and let Dan talk about that one or about other remake, remaster opportunities because you're not the only one. I know you're the only one in this conversation that was saying we should consider it for Game of the Year, but there are others who are saying... Why wouldn't we? And some of those others include people like Jeff Keighley, who allowed it to be nominated uh, as Best RPG of the Year. And I saw that on the list, and I was like, okay. It is one of the best RPGs, of course, because Persona 5 is an amazing game, and by all accounts, Persona 5 Royal is a better version of that amazing game. Of course, if you line it up with the other RPGs this year, it deserves to be considered. But why as a 2020 game why would we still consider it as here's one of the here are the best rpgs from 2020 
I, I struggle to see why Persona 5... See, Royal I don't like it because all that. Royal is is an ultimate edition of Persona 5 that they've renamed as Royal. And nobody ever has probably on that, on that show before, Jeff Keighley, has ever been like, well, this year we're going to... We're going to put Dragon Age Inquisition Ultimate Edition as Game of the Year, even though we did it last year. Like You're not going to do an Ultimate Edition as a Game of the Year type game or an RPG of the Year. Like That's really what's stupid about this. All this is is an Ultimate Edition of a game that's already come out. Yes, they have made changes, but not significantly enough that you're playing something completely different. And that's what I don't understand. Have you played it, Royal? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I bought it day one. Okay. Did I yeah, beat it? No, but I played it enough to see, okay, you added a new character, you added a new gimmick to, like, like basically, see, your character can now get into areas that he couldn't previously get into to unlock, like, treasures and find secrets and stuff. But it's not, it's not like, changing the experience. But you saying you've played enough is wrong, because you basically have to play all 100 hours to actually even say definitively. <laughs> That's the thing with Persona, yeah. because Persona is no, literally, like... No, because I already know what the experience is. You're I, talking that, about, like, the extra content, like, the extra, like, castles and dungeons. That's this new... This is what I was trying to tell Tim. But, yeah, that's new... That's new stuff, right? I just used the example of an Ultimate Edition. What is an Ultimate Edition? It's the game plus expansions or DLC in an Ultimate Edition. That's exactly what Royal is. It is the game that's, that's where you and I plus disagree. new castles to add to it. That's an expansion to the game. You're selling me an Ultimate Edition and then saying, hey, you should uh, consider it for Game of the Year again three years later. No. no. All right, so I'm in agreement with... Derek no. on this one. I think that was pretty clear. But I do want to hear, Dan, from your point of view, why would you want this to be... And by the way, this, he's there's biased. no rule he's that says... Because we're going we're gonna to give our own personal what you, favorites. What are you rambling on? <laughs> we're going to give our own personal favorite <laughs> games of the year as well. And so you name whatever game you want. I don't care if, you, if Derek, you want to say, my number one game of this year is Rocket League. Doesn't I identify with Rocket League in 2020. You do whatever you want to do there with your personal list. But as far um, as the list that Rocket we League's work, not a gender, so. the, the <laughs> list that we work through when we go to rank stuff, we need to decide if we're going to include things like Persona 5 Royal. So what's the case you would make to say, yes, let's include it? So, well, so Derek was saying it's like an ultimate edition. That's where I disagree. And now, to be fair, I haven't played it yet. Derek technically has played some. I have played none. That's why when you were asking Tim, I I made sure I wanted to I wanted to really look into because when I was listening to uh, whatever episode it was on Easy Allies, they were mentioning how I think Persona Five Roy, uh, Royale is in the Game Awards, right? It's in some of the categories. Yeah, that's what he's saying. It was in the um, RPG. It's, so it's like, nominated was... for Best RPG. I don't know if it's anything else okay. though. So that's so then I was curious because when you had asked that in in my head. I was like, well, let me let me actually dig a little bit because I'm not 100% sure how much was added. So I wanted to dig around. I watched some videos. I was trying to look up, like, you know, uh, Persona 5 versus Royale differences videos. Um, and from what I gather, it's much more than that because so in the game, the it's divided into semesters, right? Like you do a whole semester, and by the end of it, you're basically fighting the boss of that... Um, 
of that dungeon, which is attached to that person in the real life, which is intertwined into the story, and there's, like, bad people doing bad things. They added a whole new semester. They added the new student. Um, they added new locations, new stores, uh, new confidants. Expansions. Um, it's not an expansion. An expansion is expanding on the game, but it's not adding to the main story. So the thing for me is, is the game uh, a new game? Do you, would you say that about Dragon Age Inquisition, which expands on the game and changes the story? Because it, it fleshes it out I mean, more. Well, then, so could it be, could an it, ultimate edition of Dragon Age DLC, Inquisition be nominated twice, is what I'm saying? Well, like... It depends, right? Because, I mean, like, when you think of games back then, it's like you think DLC or, like, you think expansions. You almost think, like, MMOs, right? Like, you think World of Warcraft. They keep adding on to the story and the lore, technically, right? Because they release yeah. these new expansions that has new lore because it's like, a, it's like a book, right? They just keep writing new stories and they're adding on to it. So, um, but with Persona, what, what the impression I got was, like, like Morgana, for example, like they expand, they expand the lore on Morgana. Like in that game, you don't really learn, I don't think, everything about Morgana. But then in, in Royale, you do. There's like way more to Morgana, which is intertwined into the main story and what's going on there. Um, with the, uh, oh, what the hell is it called? What, what do you actually go to that's the world? I can't remember. Um, and then there's, there's that uh, randomly generated dungeon as well. That's all intertwined into the whole thing. I'm guessing neither of you remember. I don't. I don't know. remember the name of it. I know, I know what you're talking about, about, but I don't remember the name. But basically, there's there's the randomly generated dungeon that's actually kind of like where what you the can level up and unlock treasures and stuff. Yeah, but you you kind of go back and 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 it changes. But like that's actually what like when you when you get to the end of the game, you go through that, and that actually is kind of where the game ends. Um, and like where the main like kind of big surprise moments at the end of the game happen. But um, I don't. <laughs> It's just for me because it's actually in the game. They didn't like they didn't release it as DLC separately and say like, oh, here's like these side stories that like intertwine into. The, it's like it, they re-released the game yeah. because they did all this tweaking and added all of this stuff that, from what my impression is, is like the actual game is different now. That that's my impression. I haven't played it though, so I don't know. I could be wrong. I could just not be interpreting the what I was seeing in the video i think for but... hardcore fans and this is what i've seen from them hardcore fans that played persona 5 beat it then played royal and beat it they like the experience better but they still got the same 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 experience like they added on to it that's what they like but that's what my argument was is you could literally argue then for every ultimate edition because that is what they're doing they're expanding on the game by releasing DLC. You can try to word it different and you can get in the semantics of it, but there's a lot of games and Dragon Age Inquisition well, is honestly probably the best example because a lot of DLC will just be in the world. Like I'll give the example of Immortals. They they release like what they're going to release. It has really nothing to do with what you're playing now right it's just going to expand on the universe but it's not going to expand on the story dragon yeah, same age thing with they're going to expand to like the paris yeah. siege and stuff like that so yeah. you're using your same character but you're not expanding on the actual story you went through dragon age inquisitions the reason why i keep bringing it up is not just because i like the game it's because you played the main campaign right 
you beat it, you got what you felt was a full story, but they did leave like cliffhanger, right? Then they released DLC, and one of them in particular expanded on the actual base story. It fleshed yeah, out the fixed, villain, the it dude. fleshed out this certain character. I'm not going to reveal it because it's a big reason why the game is a must play. But it fleshed out his motives, why he did everything. It, it deserved to be in the game. My point is, is well, that, if they would have wrapped that bundle up and been like, Dragon Age plus all the DLC, which expands on the main narrative, Ultimate Edition is being launched in 2020. Not a single person, not a single person would be like, this is Game of the Year worthy. They would have been like, no, it already launched. Well, now, I'm not talking about DLC. I'm just pretending to follow my logic here. The game is already launched. We got the story. We got that experience. It was up for game of the year in 20-whatever. It cannot go up for it again. And that's what I feel like they're Um, doing with Royal. They're saying we can put it up multiple times because it added an expansion. That's dumb. Well, they're not going to put it up multiple times because they're not going to release a Royal 2. No, this is multiple times. They are doing Persona 5, and now they're doing Persona 5 Royal, which is the same game. It's the second time. When you say multiple times, I'm saying, like, if you release, like, all these different DLCs, like, if you release five, six DLCs, then it's like, well, each time, multiple times. But to to your point, though, this is where I, in my brain, like, I get nitpicky about these things, and that's why I was going back and forth with Tim, because, like, then, you know what, to be honest, then they shouldn't have said it was Game of the Year that year if they knew they were releasing DLC. That was going to be part of the main story that actually changed the story, which then was the real ending, and then when Dragon Age 4 comes out, they're basing it off of that. They shouldn't have said that that was when the game technically came out then, then they should have said it when the last DLC came out then. Yeah, but they don't they know and the plans. The of question the DLC. that I have then is the two se- 2017 version of Persona 5. I think it was 2017, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that game in any way incomplete, lacking, or no. not deserving of Game of the Year? And I think based well, on no. the reviews and the fans and the movement behind it, and even someone who played it, and I, I it didn't hook me, and I understand people liked it. It's the quality was amazing. I see why it got like a ninety-seven it's just or something crazy. I that played year. like forty point plus. It just hours it wasn't it, it wasn't repetitive. my thing. Like I didn't enjoy the gameplay yeah. enough to be okay with the repetitive, and I totally get why some people did. That being said, when I look at how well that game did in twenty seventeen, and I see why some people picked it as their game of the year. I see why it finished pretty high in our rankings, if I remember, especially considering how little we played it. Um. And then I see Persona 5 Royal released in 2020, and I start to wonder, okay, is this Persona 6? Is it, is it 50% of that other game uh, is what... 50% of Royal is what Persona 5 was, but now there's another... We're doubling the game. Or the, all the blanks that were missing that made that game lesser in some way, or all these questions. Like, I'm wondering what gaps were filled that, that were missing before, and I don't think there well, were any. I think it was a complete and full and excellent game. If this were a game that we're getting like 60s and 70s out of 100, and now they finally released an amazing game, we could actually have the conversation to say, no one considered it in 2017. It didn't have a shot because it wasn't good. It wasn't ready. Now it's good. Now it's ready. Let's revisit this thing. Like we could make the same argument for something like No Man's Sky. None of us are going to. But you could say the game that released in 2016 wasn't good. But what it became in 2019 especially, and now even in 2020, you could fight f- to try to consider it. I probably still would say it's not a good idea, but 
all that to say this. Um, <laughs> I want Derek to argue. <laughs> yeah. All, 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 um, all that to say this. I think Persona 5 Royal is just like Persona 4 Golden. And that is, it is the definitive no. way to play that game. Maybe they added more than Golden did. Yeah, but when it did. but if you were to look at an outline of the plot points and the characters and the overall gameplay mechanics, the visuals that were used, the even the if you want to be the person who says it must be rewritten code, like some people use that rule, whatever, I, I don't think it checks any of those boxes. I think it, it's the same general story with now new insights and add-ons. It's the same well, general list of characters with additional characters added, but still the same characters. It's the same arc. It's not like all the characters in Persona 5 Royal have experienced Persona 5, and this is continuing it. That's not what this is. This isn't a Yakuza like a dragon. No, you're playing the same game. Totally Trust separate me. game. Well, it's the same that's, game. That's, that's why, like, at the end of the day, we just concede it at the, because, like, the bottom line is none of us have finished Persona 5 Royale, so we can't right. really say. So just, all of mine is you – know, I, t- I, t- I joked about but, this, too. Like, it's all secondhand. So I did a lot of Googling on this, like, both from, quote, unquote, reputable sources like um you know GameSpot and and ign and places like that but also just looking through general comment threads on reddit and places like that just to see what are general fans and folks who are playing this saying about it they could be totally lying but from the folks who are saying i've played both and i've played enough of royal to know it's gen because this argument by the way isn't just us there's lots of debate around should it be considered and there are folks who are saying huge fan it's not a different game there are a lot and there are folks who are saying Huge fan. It's like a totally different game. So I do see both sides. I know Daniel's argument well, is, go. well, we didn't play it. We don't know. Yes, but my logic is not like made up. Like it's no, just adding is on even, content. But even Tim is saying that game. there's some people saying it is a different game, though. So there are some fans fine. who are saying but that. But they're like, yeah. if you read most of the people that are saying that, they're like, Persona 5 is the greatest thing ever. And this adds on to it, makes it better. But they are still saying that it's the same thing. It's if no one's thing. explaining what the what the differences are, then obviously I'm not going to take what they're saying into account. So yeah. that their opinions don't matter. But the, what about the, the, the thing for me? What about the explanations that do explain that the differences are new dungeons the, and castles, a new character, another gameplay addition or two, but generally again same core gameplay, same turn based strategy for, that it is. For me, it's it's really at the end of the day is the story being is the story being updated, changed, etc. So then you're looking at it through a different lens and it's like, oh, this is actually what the game was supposed to be because now they're telling the story in this way. They, f- they fleshed out certain details or, or they added details that weren't there to begin with. But then like that also probably irritates people because it's like you made me play this 100-hour game before. Now I have to do it again to get the actual ending. Like, and again, I haven't finished it, so I don't know. Maybe the ending actually isn't really changed. Well, what I, about I like know. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate then? Because that includes new DLC with new story. Finally, so that I, like... I view as an expansion. I, I view that. But it's the same expansion. core game with improvements and added content and new characters. I don't understand how that's not also well, it's supposed to be like a bridge, I think, to the next one. Without yeah. actually saying what happens at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, like there's, it, it you know. The, there's a certain character at the end where like things 
happened to this character that certainly hasn't happened in previous Mortal Kombat's. And then um, what? some other characters show up, and it, it seems like it's going to be whatever the next story is going to well, be. Well, so I, I only bring that up because the Game Awards also nominated Street Fighter V Champion Edition and Mortal Kombat okay. 11 Ultimate for Best Fighting Game. I think they game. just needed fighting games. I don't games think they had no fighting games this year, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so they, but they are sticking with that logic of like, hey, if it's a, to Derek's point, Ultimate Version, New Version, Combined Version, Champion Edition, whatever – then we might consider it, especially if we're struggling to get enough nominees. We could throw this one in there. Um, so I'm looking at a few different ways. One of them is I want to be consistent. So like if if saying no to Persona 5 Royal also means saying no to like a Xenoblade Chronicles definitive, which I at first thought we should include. But the more we're talking, the more I'm like, no, we definitely shouldn't include it because all the logic that I'm thinking through that I'm starting to kind of align with would also exclude that game. I'm not sure there's any others well, on the fringe, but that's what, those what Derek's ones. what Derek said earlier. We have a category that's um, you know the best re-release sure. slash remaster. Yeah, definitely, and, no and we can't put way. Final Fantasy VII in there because. But that's the that's thing. Not I don't fair. think remakes. Yeah, I don't think remakes should count in that because, and again, Final Fantasy VII remake has set the bar for what a remake can be. Hundred percent. So like, I don't think you can compare seven. Remake that's what and, I was gonna like, say. Xenoblade you can't. Chronicles. This isn't black yeah. and white. You really do have to look at it. Case by case. case by case, and that's why yeah. I fought against Persona 5 Royal. It has nothing to do with dislike. I played over 40 hours of Persona 5. I always go back to it. I really think it's a high-quality game, but I will never, ever say that Royal is a brand-new experience. No, I get it. It, it. You adds on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it adds on, but it's not brand-new. And then... Um, I mean, you don't know that. I do know that. But... I, mean, I will shut up. <laughs> I will say that um, <laughs> I do think Final Fantasy VII, which I did not like that much remake, I did not like it, is a totally different it. experience. Like it literally doesn't play the same, and it adds on way more depth than just hey, we added a new castle and dungeon. No, like they expanded on. Stuff that who, they who even talks like that in Persona Five. <laughs> who even is that character? That, that you that's you. That's you, you little. Who did you just you little shit? Who did you impersonate? You. So oh who gosh. did you impersonate? <laughs> so, anyways, my point is, is that I think with a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake, it plays completely different, and then it does more than just expand as far as adding new levels and stuff. It writes out the story that was not. Back then, they couldn't do. Like, they had technical yeah. limitations that they don't, don't have now. Persona right. 5 cannot argue that. In 2017, technical limitations stopped us from adding this character in these two dungeons. Shut up. You're, All right, then, Derek, let me... It's like, technical limitations. Your mom's a technical limitation. Oh, my gosh. But, Derek, what let me throw that, that back at what you, then. What does that mean? Why, <laughs> then, what should we do with Demon Souls? And if yeah. we, again, if, that if, if we go to the argument from the people who say it's rewritten code from scratch, so it's no, it's a no brainer. I don't think it is a no brainer because no. No. from what I have seen, it is a much, much prettier version of the same Demon game. Souls now, cannot be it, game of the year for me because it's a, it's I, as somebody who just visual. went back and played the 2000, what is it? 13, whatever 13, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever it came out, I just went and played the original a couple months ago. The new one looks prettier and like feels better. I'm not gonna say plays better, feels better, but it's literally the same game. Same game, same experience. 
No new dungeons. No. So you used the word a few times that I think I'm starting to agree with. And this is disturbing that I'm agreeing with you so much. Um, <laughs> but you keep using this word experience. I like this and I think the word experience is kind of... I think you've both kind of said this. It's hard to really draw a, a hard and fast line that we have to stick to because it's going to be a little different for every case. But if the overall experience is now new, then I'm on board with it being game of the year. I think it's fair to say the Resident Evil remakes, the, the two and three, from what I played of two and what you guys told me of three, even though you didn't like it as much uh, as two, um, they are new experiences. It, yes, it's yeah. similar, you know, same characters, and yeah, they're telling generally the same story, but it is a completely new experience. It's almost like I used this example when I was talking with Jeff. Uh, was it Jeff? I think it was Jeff Woodman on, the, on that comment thread. And I mentioned 310 to Yuma as a, as a movie, as an old Western that I had watched that I thought was fine. It was pretty good. But the remake with Russell Crowe and Christian Bale, so good. That's an amazing Western. I love it. So it went from the old one was fine. It was an old school Western. And if you like that kind of dated Western acting and sets, it's, you know, it's an interesting glimpse in the past. The one that was made, and I want to say it was 2004, 2007, something in, somewhere in that range. Um, stunning, amazing, great acting, wonderful movie, one of my favorite westerns of all time. So I think, I think it's possible for us to take each case, look at it, and decide if it's worthy or not of making that top list. So I got a couple other questions though. Demon Souls, you just answered. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, I think we've kind of answered as we've talked about Persona Five. Uh, if you're not including Persona Five, you definitely can't include Xenoblade based on everything right. we're saying. Um, Tony Hawk One and Two is that pretty obviously not being included right i mean the, I mean, the way they the way you flip kick is just so much better so why why, why do you have to do these voices yeah, what's the just voice? talk like a normal boy what's the voice? talk like a normal boy <laughs> the way i do my flip kick i'm a real it's boy game of the year 2020 <laughs> totally gnarly duh no it can't be it can't be considered. i thought they were fun and they looked cool and they definitely upgraded a lot of stuff but it's still generally if you yeah, play the i mean ones, it's a quit. lot of like they cleaned up the experience which is a lot yeah. of what I would imagine it plays better. Like it, it does play right. better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, another one that feels one thing if they added new levels and like or new um, whatever you want to call it, like levels. Yeah, sure. It's like if they added new levels and like new character, like new skaters, right. new you know, maybe then it's like a new game. And there are yeah. a few, but for the most part, it's just fine tuned. Um, yeah. Generally, how you do combos and how you get points and how it all works, it's all the same. It's just you know, tweaked yeah. and improved. Um, this one also feels like a no brainer and the, that, like Tony Hawk felt like a no brainer to say no to this one feels like a no brainer to say yes to. And that's Spider-Man miles Morales. That's an obvious. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Even though, even though people are saying it's more of a spinoff and more of a glorified DLC than a full sequel. I feel like just with uncharted lost legacy, it is a completely new experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it tells a brand new story. It's telling a story front to back its own story. I mean, so. if they, they could have called it Spider-Man 2, and they probably shouldn't have unless they added a lot more to it, but they could have called it that because it's a totally new... It's not Spider-Man reimagined. It's it's a yeah. totally new I'm Spider-Man. I'm fine game. with that one, even though I was one of them that felt like it's just an expansion on the first one as far as like yep. they didn't make it as long and make it clearly a sequel-style format. I still think if somebody wants to vote as their game of the year, I would call them stupid, but they could do it. RE3, we already kind of talked about how that's included. Um, Yeah, and that's really all the ones that are worth talking through. So um, 
I, I f- it is literally a sequel, though, by the way. What is? Just so you know. I mean, Miles Morales is literally a sequel to the Yeah, first exactly. You're just... right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's yeah. not called Spider-Man 2, but it continues the yeah. story of the first Spider-Man yeah. game. Um, anyway, same thing with Lost Legacy. I mean, that was also technically a sequel, even though it wasn't yeah. an official numbered entry. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we allow short indie games to be nominated like it could be a six-hour experience yeah but. that's why i didn't fight against it is because even though i'm like it's a shorter experience clearly it's just expanding on what they created to kind of connect what i think they're going to do in the second one like the yeah. official second one um that's just me guessing that's what that is yeah it's You're still in a full experience it tells a full Miles Morales story just in a shorter way and it can be game of the year. It ends on a cliffhanger like it continues like it Yeah, I almost cried. From the... That was so emotional. Yep. All right, well I want to close out this episode with asking you guys for a couple of predictions. The first prediction I want us each to make is let's guess the metacritic average for Cyberpunk 2077. So no, by the okay. time we record <laughs> next weekend and we Get ready to give our impressions of that game. Well, we that game on Metacritic at that moment. So what? Oh gosh. So you have to dock it at least twenty hey, points right out of the game. Well, games media will. Oh, they, okay. they've. It's. I saw in that woke group. Now that I'm back to being Matthew Red, I'm back into what's good gaming, <laughs> and there was literally a post condemning Cyberpunk for being transphobic. Yeah. So. yeah although we have a group member. Um, who said that they've actually got some friends who are trans gamers and they're pumped for this game because of how inclusive and open-minded it actually is. Yeah, but it's trans. Just because it doesn't check all the boxes for every group. Anyway, whatever. Okay, so I want to make a prediction. When we record next week, l- let's get on Metacritic. We'll check the highest, because it's going to be rated on multiple systems, of course, multiple consoles. What will be the highest? You don't have to t- guess what console, but what number will come out for Cyberpunk 2077? I'm going to go with 91. 91? Dan, what do you think? I was going to say 90. All right, I'm going to be a little more pessimistic. I'm going to say the average will come out like at an 84. Okay. Ooh. So that's... I mean, you're going to probably end up being right just because I feel like the more and more games media expands, the harder it is for games to stay above 90 because there's so many woke people that are like this is a four out of ten no it's not you're just trying to get attention that's all you're <laughs> all right doing. the other prediction i want you guys to make because the game awards are this week so when we talk next we'll probably just do a brief run through of who won what award but who do you think will win game of the year of these nominees that are up for the award doom eternal final fantasy 7 ghost of tsushima hades animal crossing last of us part two who will win Game of the Year at the Game Awards on Thursday? I think it will be The Last of Us 2. I think Animal Crossings will be second, but The Last of Us 2 will be well, the... Is there a second? We won't well, know. We won't yeah. know, but I think in the voting it will be second. Uh, okay. Dan, what do you think? And this is not um, what you want to win. We know what that answer is. This is who do you think they'll na- I mean, name the winner? It should always and forever be Final Fantasy not VII. Of course. But... I think it'll be like a Walking Dead uh, situation. I think Hades actually will win, mm. to be honest. Yeah. I think potentially Hades. No, Hades is, is going to win a bunch of other awards, so they don't have don't to give it game. Of the Walking year. Dead won that that one year. So, and that's it's an indie game, an episodic indie game. So my initial thought on this was, well, of course, 
it's going to be last of us part two. It's just like this critically acclaimed, whatever. And there was enough people who didn't like ghost of Tsushima. They didn't like certain aspects of it. that I don't think that one would win. And, and same with doom eternal, uh, final fantasy seven remake had enough detractors that even though I love it and it's right up there at the top of my game of the year list, it's, it's fighting for the, some of those top spots for me. There were enough people that didn't like it. I think it comes down between Hades, uh, and Animal Crossing, weirdly enough. I think those are just universally <laughs> loved. Think yeah. about the people that are voting on this. So I actually think it's going to be Hades. I think that's going to win it. Um, and it also allows them to not have some controversy between Sony Studios and stuff. They get to, um, I don't know. And it, it's like a big victory for the indie. For, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't be, su- the only one that would surprise me would be Doom Eternal if that wins. That would surprise yeah. me if that one wins. I don't even know why that's, surprise me I don't if even seven, know why that one's in there. wins. But, yeah, but if, um, if Animal Crossing wins, I won't be surprised. If Ghost somehow pulls it out and wins, I won't be that surprised because you know it's just fantastic. Um, and I'm not saying Doom Eternal isn't fantastic. Gaston, don't get mad at me. I'm just saying I'd be surprised <laughs> if these voters pick it as the best over these other games. Um, I think too many people were angry about how supposedly woke Last of Us Two was that they won't choose it yeah. because then it'll anger a bunch of people. Yeah. Well, you gave the woke game a game of the year <laughs> award, or you know that nonsense. So. Yep, I gotcha. All right, well, that does it for us this week. I know it was a bit of a long episode, but good discussion, and it's just kind of a little taste of what's going to happen in January when we start debating what games are better than what. Uh, this one is more about eligibility, so it's a little different. This is more about setting up rules. Um, then it's going to be more about what's better and why, and that always gets fun. So that should um, be interesting. We didn't. We didn't get to do it in the, this episode, and that's fine, but obviously Derek and I really love Dragon Age, and I want to discuss the Bioware situation because that's a, that's a big deal. So go on ahead. the next episode. We go ahead and just mention it real quick for anyone listening who doesn't know what you're talking about. Um, so Casey Hudson, who I just – I know his name because I've heard it so many times, but I didn't know the other guy actually, to be honest, uh, Mark Dara. I know, uh, I know who Hudson he is. And, I just didn't know his name. Okay, yeah. They, uh, Casey Hudson and Mark Dara have um, – have left Bioware. They're just gone. The Casey Hudson actually left what three years ago? Yeah, or no, came, came back. Three came years back. Ago, yeah, he years came ago. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So collectively, he's been there for also about twenty years. Yep. Um. So dude, dude left, went to Microsoft, came back, has been with Bioware for three years, and then just left again. So yep. Bioware not looking too good, and it does not look like the old guard is really there anymore, and everyone's concerned. Yeah, so. that's fair. Yeah. Yep. I I know sometimes change is just part of life and it's just the way all industries go. But that one is interesting because it is round two for him. See, for yeah. for me, like I was excited when I first heard Casey Hudson came back, but he literally did nothing. He did yeah, nothing that I cared mean? about. So I think he helped with Anthem. But I'm saying he did but nothing like, that I cared about. Like he didn't he yeah. didn't release like he didn't take us back. To yeah, like was, that yeah, was why I was Dragon excited Age or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do anything. So him being gone, yeah. I don't care about. I actually care more about Mark because I feel like he's one of the main reasons Dragon that Age Dragon Age, Age has stuck oh, okay. to what Dragon yeah. Age is, and I don't want to yeah. see that being messed with. Yeah. So yeah, probably I, I want to. I want to have a. I want to try to get like a conversation maybe on the next one because yeah that that's actually the most more concerning i think also because dragon age 4 has been really just like in sort of some sort of development now and it's concerning for sure it's a bummer it's a bummer i think that one would do well commercially and critically 
Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. I actually, uh, I think we're going to get back to posting video versions when I have time to on YouTube. So if you guys want to watch uh, the three of us yell at each other, feel free. And you can also see Dan's cool cyberpunk background. Um, but we'll throw this up on YouTube. I won't do a lot of audio editing to it, though. So it might not sound the best. But if you liked watching on YouTube, we'll try to get that going again. Um, otherwise, uh, we always appreciate when you rate the show, give it a review on whatever platform you listen on. It really does help especially if you're listening on iTunes and then uh, share with other folks who you think might like it. But that's it for us. Talk to you guys later.